Welcome to the Cockney Guide to Enlightenment podcast with me, Stephen Rosen. This is a place where we have deep conversations and find out what really makes people tick. I've been through a very deep journey in my own life from being a a nine-year-old in the early 70s selling stolen shoes down at Brick Lane to uh, a 22-year-old standing in a hotel room surrounded by drugs and bags of money uh, with uh, war in Lebanese militia. I have seen some interesting times in life and I changed all of that round and became a very successful businessman in the city of London and found that there was something missing. So this podcast is about going deeper underneath the surface of what we might think that we need in life. There's a rich uh, quality of life that we all can tap into and sometimes we have to just dig a bit deeper. So my story was lost in the Babylon. It's actually on Amazon now. I hope you enjoy this podcast. If you do, please uh, share it with your friends. Please subscribe or just follow. And you can connect with me at Cockney Profit on social media. Let us know what you think of it and enjoy this episode. Just before we jump into this one, I just want to remind you that it's a two-part episode. And if you have subscribed or pressed the follow button for the podcast on your platform, it hopefully should just roll straight into the second part. If it doesn't, you can just uh, search for it, part two, click on it, and then you'll be rolling again. Enjoy it, and please share it as well. Share it with your friends. It will help, uh, help the podcast get out there to more people. Thanks a lot. Welcome to the Cockney Guide to Enlightened podcast with my beautiful guest today, Ilona Novakova. Hello, Ilona. Hello, Stevie. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you. And we've been chatting before this podcast and we could have just carried on chatting and, and not had the podcast, but it's just uh, <laughs> the conversation was just amazing. And uh, so, Ilona, I've known for... A few years now and and it's been really beautiful to finally align and, and get us both here in front of the microphones and you know alone has just had an incredible life an amazing life and i'm sure she's going to tell us lots about it and Ilona grew up in in the czech republic on on behind the iron curtain didn't you so yes i grew up in communist time and it was quite incredible because everything was different than now, everything I know in this life. And literally, they call it uh, socialismus, but the base of us is communismus. And uh, we have uh, Russian people everywhere around our country. And uh, it was different because everything was based on rules and people cannot really move. And uh, everything was stricted and in rules, and the life was grey. Did you, was your, your, what was your childhood like? I mean, it sounds pretty restricted. Well, you know, when you have these strict rules, the people getting too much, um, like, want to escape, but you cannot really escape the normal way, the superficial way. So the people go uh, do songs and reading. And, you know, I remember like the child, I was playing with lots of kids and 
And uh, my grandparents have uh, farms with lots of animals. And I remember I was always with animals and was like the basic normal things of life would really have the values because everything else you can't really break because there was big walls of everything. And literally the people who be not communists, they have no chance to survive a normal way because they've been restricted not just by the regime, but by the other people who've been communists. And it was very, very difficult for many, many people. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, it just sounds like a really repressed way to live. And, and, and I imagine you just always have to be very careful, but your, your father worked for the for the government, did he? he was well, no, he was scientist, scientist. and he was uh, chemistry. Uh, he was in chem chemistry and biology. He was a university professor, and he wrote lots of lots of books. I think seventy-five publications, and uh, he has to be in uh, in a communist party because without this, he would never survive. And when he was little, uh, my grandparents have factory. We were we were making furnitures, and so my grandma, even she has education like the economy education, and she was a beautiful woman and four children. She never worked. She was doing all for the family because my grandparents they they been literally having businesses, but then. Uh, everything finished when the war finished and the communists come because everybody have to be the same. So literally everything what they have, like the cars, the television, everything what my granddad worked for was taken away. And uh, for obviously for them was very difficult time afterwards. And my dad, even when was then a young boy who was extremely talented and who was having the best, best exams and everything in the school, he wants to be doctor and, you know, he has this black mark on him because he was from the bourgeois, from the, from the family. So they literally put him and after high school, he wants to go to university and they said, no, no, you have this on the script because your parents have a long time ago some factory, so you have to find out what is the work in the factory with hands with the people who really, you know, didn't have the education and stuff like this. They stuck him in there and he went to find out what is the hard work in life. It sounds, uh, it just sounds, yeah, unbelievable that, and but uh, it happens, doesn't it, that, you know, yeah. someone or a government or a body can come along and just take everything. And, yeah, everything. And, and change your life. And I know mm. that, you know, we've had, Loads of different discussions mm -hmm. of of life changes, and uh, I know you've been through a lot, a lot of changes yeah. in your own life. But yeah, I did. I, I suppose the legacy of that of your of your parents, uh, how they lived, you know, is was passed down in your early life. Was yeah, it made, was. You know, well, we know we're conditioned. We mm. and, and it sounds like. Under that regime, the yeah. conditioning was just incredible. Absolutely. You know, there's, it was yeah. completely different life. People can't really imagine that, you know. And I always remember the stories when my dad say, he said, I, my work, it's my life. And I love what I do. And this time when he was working in the factory, all the friends or the men who work with him, they told him, you have to go to communist party. Otherwise, you never cannot do your work. So he did it. And he was communist. 
But he doesn't really, he maybe agree with the base what this say Lenin long time ago, but he didn't agree with anything what was really there around, you know. But he just wants to do his work and he yeah. worked for that all his life. I always remember he was in the faculties or he come at home, he was writing scripts and books. And when we go walking, he always telling me everything about trees and he tell me the names, the Latin names and normal names of all the plants, you know. And it's make very big um, mark on me because I was always very connected to the nature and animals. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even even under those sort of pressures, you know, it's beautiful that, that your dad was still able to nurture you with with just such a rich experience of life and mm. just a gift that, you know, that and a lot of people never get, even, you know, when they go through their whole life. Absolutely. And he, Stevie, he gave me the first things in life where I really, I was a little girl, I didn't really understand what he was saying, but it was going into me. And he was always telling me about energy and about, you know, about what is in the life more, just that what we can see. And he was even writing books about the energy of tree, but he could not publish that because it was censored this time, because, you know, Nobody really want to believe in this or didn't say that it's things like that existing. Now we all know that it's true, but uh, before it was not like that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of evidence now about the energy, but not a lot of people actually, you know, people just look at trees and they, that's a tree, you know. They've got no <laughs> connection to it. They don't understand it. Maybe mm. on, a, on, a, on a some level that the tree is, is actually... Uh, just so important to us actually to breathe and, and to live but well yeah without breath we cannot live isn't it and the tree give us the main things why we can breathe <laughs> it does but i i had an experience which i actually wrote about in my book uh of 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 kind of just seeing a deeper level of consciousness and and part of that was was witnessing just the life force flowing through trees and plants and and just seeing this energy Absolutely. running through it, and it was it was mm -hmm. incredible. It changed the whole way that I looked mm -hmm. at life, really. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know what is incredible? Because people who come conscious then start to see the plants and everything around completely different. Because before they would just pass, and you will see it, but you will not really see it. And then you literally stare on it, and you think, wow, this is so beautiful. How many colors and the shapes and what the nature does is just a miracle. And I think many people wake up during the pandemia because we literally been everybody, you know, in one special survival state of mind. And uh, this literally happening people when they get uh, really surviving with illnesses or extreme situation. But now it's happening to all the world. So literally the conscious grow in all on the planet big time. And, uh, and I think many people start to realize uh, things that are different. I think it was a rare opportunity. And, and, and I was kind of like, I started on Facebook. I was, I was living out in, in, in the UK, in Norfolk, actually. And I yeah. was just had access to these beautiful fields. And I'd walk around these fields. And I just started, you know, recording things on Facebook just about and, and, and putting it out there. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> And looking back now, obviously, it was it was my way of, of trying to contribute something to yeah. what was happening. But it was such a rare situation where, you know, virtually the whole world stood still at the same mm -hmm. time. And, and people was just like, wow. 
Yeah, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. I remember like today I was doing similar things like you, but you remember we could not even walk anywhere, no? And uh, so literally I was walking. I used to walk a lot, like 10 kilometers, and I love to do this. And uh, I have to stay in my garden, so I was walking around the garden, <laughs> like I don't know how many circles, but I walked there literally the 10 kilometers. And then mm-hmm. I look at all the plants, you know, and it was like I was doing the same thing. I was posting for people to be just happy to see the nice stuff and to be with my animals because I have many animals I have lots of dogs and uh, so we've been all together in this time to surviving <laughs> the incredible time I think it's uh, and, and do you think that that period for you I know we'll go back because you've got such a, a, a an interest in life but we'll go back but do you think that period for you really kind of ignited something in you something that was obviously already there but do you think it, it was kind of like a an energy of waking up in that pandemic period yeah more of course that's of course that's like for for all of us i it was much more it's it, it's even jump more higher no the stage of mind but it was quite interesting because when started the corona people said to me oh this will finish in three months time and I was like, no, it will, it will not because we will be different, all of us, afterwards. I remember like somebody told me that, no, no, this will be all open again and we will have the same life like before. And I said, no, it will never, it will not, it cannot be, you know. And it, it is not because all is challenging. And I always say I'm happy I have the time before Corona that I, I experienced the time before because now, again, it's completely different this time. And yes, it's, it's grew. It's, uh, this is the answer. Absolutely, it does. I think it. I think it's definitely up the ante for a lot of people, and I just notice a lot of people noticing their lives and noticing how they spent their time and and how they worked and you know just you know how they invested a lot of their time in in the externals of life and yeah. and, and and all of a sudden you know when you didn't have access to all those externals of life, mm-hmm. then it's like you know what have we got? I was I was literally when we closed when the world is closed I start to work in the same base like when I was grew up in communism I I close myself completely I make from the home untouchable place I live with my two sons so I didn't let any news come to the house I never put the TV on with the news never we only watch happy movies we play games we play instruments we cook we play with the dogs and this is what was our time and my boys they've been studying online my older boy was finishing university online my younger boy was studying his um, his A level so it was you know everything online but somehow was happy place and it was quite incredible because was somehow if I go out shopping I'll go on my own I didn't let the boys go out because this time we have to have the gloves and the mask and all this Mm -hmm. nonsense and uh, and I literally didn't let the boys see it you know till later I go do that on my own and for them I keep the bubble in the house and I tell you Stevie it was the most happy three months of the holiday I think we had yeah yeah then afterwards obviously was changing and challenging but these three months when I hold the bubble the happy bubble it was it was great time what we Mm. have at home it's rare isn't it to get that opportunity to just like you know all the external uh, demands on on you on your time and their time you know have all ceased and then 
you know, you just get an opportunity to live and to breathe and to interact. And, Absolutely. And, and, we didn't you know. know what's happened the next day, no? Yeah, exactly, mm. yeah. It was yeah. quite an interesting time. It was an interesting time, I'm sure, for a lot of people anyway. Mm. But, but you, you know, you're, you're going back to your, your kind of growing up, you had a difficult, difficult childhood as well, didn't you? You know, you went through some difficult yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was quite interesting things because... I, when I was little, I was feeling like happy, you know, happy girl and things like this. And then uh, things started challenging, what was quite difficult for me, because uh, my dad, he come very ill with uh, clinical depressions. And uh, it was difficult, because literally, I really love him very much. And he was this big man who was on the stages talking to students and other people, you know, respected and loved because he was the kindest heart ever. And then the man <coughs> who literally gave so much love, then he was completely uh, alive, but like dead in the bed. And um, he would not even talk, he would just look at the ceiling and... Uh, was quite incredible because he didn't want to eat, he didn't want to wash, and um, and I cannot help him. And um, it was very difficult because um, my childhood, I always was in the psychiatric clinics to visit him, and they literally drugged him. And this cannot go anywhere near, uh, to cannot help him to overcome the depressions. But this is what they've been doing. And it was like completely different person, you know. And many times I also see him, they give him wrong drugs. They just try on him like on animals. It was just awful. And um, they bring him to manias. And, you know, manias is like the people cannot control. They are coming aggressive and they can beat you up. And this was my dad, who was the kindest person in the world. I see him to smack people and it was incredible, you know. And it was everything because they give him the wrong drugs. And, uh, and then I see him completely numb with the eyes in the garden, you know, in the psychiatric clinic. And this was how I was like the child. How old was you when this was happening, Elena? I was young. I, I was five or five. even, yeah, this was very, he, yeah, five because he come from Azerbaijan. He was working in Russia and uh, in Leningrad and everywhere. And then I, I literally, he came back and he has very ill and they, they operate him and they can uh, take, took his uh, tonsils out and without any anesthesia. And he said to me, I was in the other world, no? And then something chemical happened in his brain, obviously. And uh, he started to suffer with this very big clinical depression. What he cl all his life he has, it was repeating every one month. So, so that was from an operation or just from living under that? Pressure or a combination no, of it's it? A, it's I mean, really no, triggered. It's I, triggered the operation. The operation it's triggered, triggered. something triggered. Uh, the operation triggered this. Yeah. And then obviously they're giving him lithium and this. And so it was difficult because I literally was on my own all the time somehow, you know. And I never understand. Even this time they give you the electric shocks in the head without any anesthesia. They used to, yeah. And, uh, and then he was again, okay, obviously he go to the conferences. And it was very difficult for me this, to see this because you'll see the person change in one second from... 
like even personality and this, you know, and I know he was, uh, he was the kindness and most beautiful person in the world. It, it sounds like, I mean, that man who was walking you through that childhood and, and, and telling you about the trees and the energy. Absolutely. You know, sounds like a, a, a beautiful man and... Yeah, it's just so sad, and, and and what I find really sad as well is that you you going you know five years old, and now as as you're speaking about it, going I couldn't help him, like you know how would you help him? You was you was a child. Yeah, you know? I want to help him. I I was always shaking him, but I cannot do anything. You know, it's just you can't, and it's really really sad, and you just yeah. see the people two person suffer then. And obviously now when I know so much about nutriology and energy and now I know I would help him now, but obviously he's not yeah, here anymore. You've, you've, you've done a lot of healing yourself, haven't you? Yes, but, a lot. But back then, was, 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 you, was your mother uh, supportive to your father or what, yes, what was happening? Yes, of course she does. But um, yes, she does. Uh, she does what she can, but she... She was uh, in the school, she was teacher in the school, and she was do just what she has to do, you know. Right. And it's very difficult for the person to be by the side to... And obviously I was little, so she tried to... I think she she really didn't understand how everything, what is happening. She was like, you know, when you put the blank on the eyes and you just do things because you have to do and keep going because she didn't break, she was extremely strong, but... Also, it happened that she was somehow, like, even... She was there for me, of course. Uh, they've been doing everything for me, my parents. But um, by the while, uh, like, you know, that we watch movie, we play, or we have walk or talk, or telling me things, what the mom and the girls say. I never know it. It's like, it's never been there. Like, literally never. She would always say she has no time for me. And... Um, like, I ne we never watch TV together or we never literally do anything like the mother and daughter, mom and daughter, you know. And I did it with my dad, but my dad was ill. So it was quite a tricky situation, really. Yeah, so you've, you you kind of really lost access to the, the one person in life that, Absolutely. that really loved yeah. and nurtured you. And yeah. I have my dog. <laughs> I have Poodle, uh, Peggy. And uh, so I was literally on my own all the time. And I was playing piano and I was studying. I was always studying and tried to be the best in the school. And that's what I was doing. Yeah. And, and, and your dad, eventually, he was, uh, was he in the institute for long or did he come out and he went home? What happened? They always, because what do they do They when you have really bad depressions and you cannot really handle that alone at home, then they bring you to this psychiatric clinic. But these clinics are never for short the period of the time. So usually you're standing there not one week, but you stand a couple of weeks, yeah? And then they will send you back. And these clinical depressions are, they repeating usually, everybody have it different. It's not like depression, normal depression is really heavy and... Is literally repeating every month, every six weeks. In his case, sometimes was two months, maximum three months, but was always he he get hit and he go down to to the to the darkness, and uh, he was taking lots of medications and stuff like that. So obviously, you know, he was under the cure. Yeah, repeating all the time. Yeah, so he he has to return back to the psychiatric clinic. This is 
I would not do this my way, but this is what they used to do. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> must have been tough to, uh, to for you as as a child to experience all of that. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was difficult because, like I said, you want to help and you can't really, you know. Yeah. But on the other side, I still feel the love uh, from somehow both of them, and uh, you know, so it was it was okay. What was quite tricky was that when I was seven, eight years old, my dad had a good friend, a very good friend, but this very good friend uh, turned to be my sexual abuser. And uh, it was incredible because this guy was working in the government and uh, he was uh, literally the director of all the houses for activity in the whole country in Czechoslovakia. He called Vladimir Kubala. And uh, it was um, uh, Dom Julia Fucica in Prague. And uh, it was incredible because this guy was literally pedophile. And um, he started to touch me. I was, I think, seven, eight years old. And he has also grip on my dad because he was in the government. So there was really difficulty that my dad even could lose work. And, you know... It was a challenge because uh, even when I said to my parents or my mom that this happened and I don't understand why this guy touching me, you know, it was uh, somehow blink off. And, uh, was you able to, to, to approach your parents as it was happening? I didn't really con say to my dad directly. I was saying to my mom, <laughs> I call him Kubala, this guy, he was awful. And, um, and yeah, it was somehow blink out like it doesn't existing, you know? So literally I just have to shut up and uh, do what so, I was so told this, by this guy. So you was just subjected to this ongoing abuse, sexual abuse by this pedophile yeah. in, in a position of power. Unbelievable. And, uh, he was literally director of all the activity in my country. And 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 your your father obviously was didn't really know about it or wasn't in a a position to. I think he doesn't even have. I don't know. They've been like. I, I don't know if he has. Uh, I don't know if he even realized this in his position of the yeah, depression. Yeah, it sounds like he was. He was you know very very vulnerable himself. Yeah, yeah. Very vulnerable. And the thing is, this, it, I didn't see him very often, but every time he come visit or we go in the holiday with this person, he always doing this to me. And um, it's obviously affect on my life, uh, sexually, partnership, you know, in uh, a stage of mental stage of eating disorders and stuff like this. And uh, The trauma. Yeah, absolutely, so, so absolutely. Yeah, he was um, he was old like my dad, and um, he always tell me he loves me and <laughs> he will marry me, <clears throat> bringing me toys, and then he abused me sexually. So it was quite incredible. Yeah, that's just grooming, isn't it? Unbelievable. Like, yeah, yeah. And I shared on another podcast. I won't I won't share it again because I've already put it on a podcast. But you know, as as a, a thirteen year old young young man, just. Out and about, you know, looking to to fit in. You know, I was I was abused by a pedophile who's who who had that same sort of grooming. You know, just uh, I thought this guy was okay, and then 
when the opportunity arose, he, he kind of just made his move and, 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 and that was it. But, you know, these fucking people are out there all the time, you know. Unbelievable. But they're, they're sick. There. I remember I was like 11, 12. And I, then I was too old for him. Then he let me alone and in peace because then I was too old. So, uh, yeah, quite, uh, it's sickness, so, really. So it ended and, and, and then, yeah. Did you get any support or any help at all with that at that age or not? No, absolutely not. I was shame and I, I, I stopped to speak about it. I somehow buried that inside me. And I even speak with the pedophile after, yeah. Like really nothing happened. It was quite interesting because uh, I somehow blink it completely. And uh, But I tried to bury that in me, but this all come out later in my life. You know, this trauma is what was in the childhood. Yeah. And it was coming with the, obviously, I have two boys and uh, two boys have two dads. And uh, I literally, in, uh, in, I love older men in this time. And I was feeling like it's somehow safe place. And, uh, and it's come even from this, from this abuse. From the patterns. Yeah, of, yeah, of yeah, from the patterns. And they've been the same age, like this abuser. And also I have, uh, because anybody who been ever abused sexually and this, they know they have uh, problems with uh, food disorder. And this also food happened to disorders, me. Food disorders, addictions, you know, depressions, mental, mental uh, health issues, Absolutely. all of this stuff. You're is, filling is, up the empty places. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's just consequences of ongoing stuff that, is wounds that are sometimes invisible to other people and, and as you say, even invisible to ourselves because, you know, they're so painful to go to those places. Absolutely. It's so brave of you to uh, to be, you know, open about this stuff and, and, and to be just sharing about it because, you know, I mean, you're someone who's, who's really, you know, visible in life. You know, there's a lot of people, I'm sure, are going to listen to this podcast and, yeah. there's, and there's a lot of people that trust you and, yeah. and, and and respect you. There is nothing to be shame about because it's not the fault to the children when this happened, even if you feel it like this. And was not time I would be not able to talk about this. Absolutely, like 10 years ago, I wouldn't, no? But we go through process in our mind, or I did, lots of resets, and I somehow come in calm with that, and I find really big peace in my mind and my body, and, you know, I'm not afraid to say anything, and I'm here to everybody to help, because uh, this is what people like me have to do. Absolutely. I think uh, it's so valuable that, that, that people that, you know, once they've done this this really painful work on themselves of having a look and and finding out that, yeah, I mean, all this stuff that we tell ourselves, all these patterns that influence our lives. Mm, of course. You know, I mean, as, as a child, I, I just, I, I buried that stuff. I buried everything, you know, buried mm. everything. Well, you, you have you very know. strong stories uh, yeah, on your own. But, but, but certainly that, that incident, you know, was, you know, all I was worried about is no one else knew. That was what I was worried about. Yeah. I didn't even think about me, about, mm -hmm. you know, how it's affected me. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, I really understand uh, mm -hmm. how, how you, you said you just want to blank that stuff out. And know? also sexual way when you're making love or anything like this, it's just literally 
you know you you can't be normal because it is not normal it's everything it's different so you act different and uh, you can't even like many people believe what I feel you you cannot get there where you like to be with orgasm and stuff like this is very big process you know and you have to feel love when you make love otherwise it's impossible you know and it's just completely different things. So it's, 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 it's procedure for a very, very long time, you know. And have you, when did you become aware that, that this was damaging, you know, that you was damaged and your processes were really uh, out of line with, with your deep sort of truth within you, your deep love within you? Well, with the I'm sec- sorry if I've no framed problem. that as a bit of an awkward question. No, no problem, because this is, a, I just think about it, because the sexual way, I knew it when I was child, like, not child, I was like in 20s, I said child because I'm 50, but I was in my 20s, and then uh, literally now, when it's in, now I recognize everything the patterns what's happened in my life through the relationship and choose of my partners and how I choose with the partners because literally everything is attached with my childhood blueprint what was done but I didn't know about this I have no clue about it before I know it now no because I I experience a lot and I study a lot and I analyze a lot and now give all now I have clue about all of it what why this happened so I mean it's so important isn't it that if if anyone if obviously as an adult but you know if if children uh, which children are, are subjected to this all the time that you know they're supported as early on as possible absolutely and and, and just yeah absolutely i try to remove it by hypnosis by therapies but later no it's like i was in my 40s already so i definitely suggest because you need help you need professional help to lead you to to overcome this completely no it's lots you need to do alone this is the main work but you need the crutch to somebody really lead you that you can even see this because I didn't see it till my late latest forties uh, or forties. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I really resonate with that. With you know that that's that's thing that happened to me. You know, I I uh, it, I was forty eight and and I had to go on a journey, not specifically looking for that, but just looking for some compassion. And some love for myself that I never had that I'd lived without. And when I found that, and then I started looking back on that stuff, and I just thought, wow, you know, I was never even angry with that guy. You know, I didn't even have anger towards him for so long. And I just think, you know, just because I just suppressed it and, and 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 I just accepted it and done everything else but felt it really, mm. and and that was what was missing for me. The self love, it's so important. You know, I can give you example on this because um, for everyone, we have to love each other. I know that these people say, oh, you love each other, you are about you, you, you. But it's so important to love us, like people many times even look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I love you. You know, because we're literally hurting ourselves and doing to ourselves without that we know we do it, you know. 
And when I was, I was very good in school and I was in the high school because I always wanted my parents being proud of me and, you know, and then obviously when I was a younger girl, I think I was 16, uh, this time my boyfriend, he put uh, like, um, uh, he put me in the competition of the miss of my, of my high school. And I didn't even think about this, but I won this. And this time I won the miss of the school and miss of the public and everything. And I was really happy because it gave me lots of uh, strengths in life, you so know. a beauty, beauty pageant or beauty yeah. competition. Yeah. yeah, and obviously in the high school, what because we have different schools in, in Czech Republic, we have the base school from... 5 till 14 and then or 6 till 14 and then from 14 till 18 you go to high school or you go in the other colleges but I go to high school because I was thinking I'm going afterwards to university so there I have beautiful friends till till today I need to say and that was really nice nice beautiful time of my life and uh, I continue with the miss I was then miss in my city and I also miss, won the Miss Public, and this was beautiful. And then I continue with modeling. You had a you had a really successful modeling career, didn't you? I did. Yes, it yeah. started very slowly, but it it, it somehow get that get there. No? <laughs> from from so from sixteen was was the beginning of that. Yeah. And and and. Where did where did that take you in life? How did it how did it change it your? It was quite interesting because the life somehow gave it to me, and uh, I'm not tall like the model, but uh, oh, you're exquisitely beautiful, <laughs> though for sure. <laughs> Thank you, Stevie. But uh, yeah, it was. Um, I was, you know, like every model, we have to listen, or I was listening lots of things, what really make you feel you don't supposed to even exist in the world because everything is literally wrong with you. This is what they're trying to tell you many times. Is that is that to control you? Um, no, I don't. I don't even think that the people really doing this purposely. But you are the product. Right. And, you know, many times people take it or I did take it in the beginning per personally, no? And literally you're really beating yourself to be the best, you know? And um, I was told, I was, I'm 166 centimeter tall and I was having 48 kilo and I was told I'm fat. So literally, I lost my weight on 43 kilo. But at this time, now I do fasting and this, I will tell you all about this. But now I know exactly how the things work and how it's good, no? But this time, I was, I didn't know what I was doing. And I was literally stopped eating, but not the right way. So literally, I was missing all the, everything what I have to have. And this uh, get other side effect, like, uh, you know, you lose period and this, because when you are overweight and there is lots of other issues. And so, so what, like, what, an eating disorder you feel? Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. no? And, and the thing is that, uh, but I was told I'm fat and then I could not do the modeling and I really wanted to do this because I start to have lots of, um, uh, lots of good work and uh, lots of success. Yeah, and I suppose, you know, from, from that, that, that damaged child, you're, you're starting to get recognised, you're getting a different type of, of, uh, of, of esteem, really, about... You know, you are. Yeah, of course, and it was incredible. Valuable and, and 
Because yeah. I always love fashion and I always love makeup. I always love everything to do his wear and the beauty. I was interested about this. I, I remember when I was watching movies, all the fashion shows and the designers, you know, and things like that in the TV. Like I remember Roberto Cavalli and all these people. And then I was dreaming about this and I was uh, uh, listening the vinyls and dreaming about life, what really everything happened in, in my life, what I was always dreaming about. And the people who I was watching in the TV, the people been by my side in the normal life lately. And uh, it was quite incredible journey because it's very beautiful because from this communist place where you cannot have really escape, then you achieve everything what is like miracle for many people. So did uh, had had uh, communism finished by that point? So the communism what? finished just when I was seventeen. Okay, so so just in the right time, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because then we can start to travel. And, and, yeah, and then life opens up. Yeah, it was quite incredible because they call it Velvet Revolution and uh, we've been literally everyone on the street to really break it down, you know. And that every, it, it, But everything what was good have also bad sides and uh, also the people who are like the creatures under with the things using the situation, using that the wrong way. And this also happened, no? And I see that also in the faculty of my dad and stuff like this. So it was like in other places. So there was lots of deaths, but not deaths on the street, the, the suiciding and lots of people of the team of my dad suicide and or they've been ill or they have heart attacks. And uh, my dad was extremely also ill afterward, but not because this breakdown, because everything what was literally happening in the country, no? Mm. Because there was lots of positive and lots of good, and Jesus was amazing that we can have the freedom. But on the other side was really dark places there. Yeah, and I imagine it's such a transition. Mm. That, you know, the, the, the elation of, of, of the freedom would be great, but then the, the reality of how do you train... It was it was yeah. jungle fight, really yeah, it was. Yeah. And it was, um, there was literally so many places and you really have to be careful where you do the steps and this. And yeah, it, um, it was very, very interesting time. Yeah, I'm sure it was, yeah. Very tough time in the same time. Yeah, but, but you, you was kind of riding a wave out of that anyway. No, for me it was good. For yeah. me, it was very good because I literally could start my life and I, then I start modeling in Prague. And I start also in university, psychology, but I left it because I was going to, to this uh, lifestyle and uh, modeling and all the different kind of the world, you know. Yeah. What an exciting life for a, for a young woman to, <laughs> yeah. to be in. And, yeah. And, and was it... Obviously, you know, with with your your eating, that must have started to take its toll at some point. But I imagine that you know, when when you're going through that, it's just you know, you're looking at the next job and you're looking at the next uh, the next place that you want to kind of be at. So, did you notice that you was damaging yourself when you was when you was like, you know, dieting severely and no, not eating? No, I was not aware of it. Right. I was not aware of it, absolutely not. I did, I have no clue about this because even when I was like the child, I we we cook at home normal food, and there was never really knowledge about healthy eating or anything. You know, it was like uh, I 
Yeah. So afterwards I left my home. I left my home. I was uh, 18 and a half, 19 years old. I completely challenged my eating. I was obviously doing lots of things because I starved myself. But it also when I was eating, I was eating um, completely different. Most of the vegetarian food. And I stopped uh, eat red meat or any kind of the meat like 30 years ago, more than 30 years ago. And, and was that, did you kind of feel into that or did you get some information about that or you just No, felt just by instincts. I could not eat it, it anymore. Yeah. I didn't want that. And I started to eat much more lighter food, not heavy food. This I know for sure. I still was eating uh, bread or I would have pizza sometimes and this, but I would... Um, I, uh, it was just by the instinct. I have not really clue about this. But when I was in the modeling, I was, um, I was making one movie called Face and people really, really love it in the TV and uh, people watch it and... Uh, Okay, so so you was you got into film as well. I was I was the main actor in the movie, and uh, and this time it was like a biography of one girl who become model and and she was famous and this, and uh, even the people who been there with me like the makeup artists and hairdresser they are still now one of my best friends, and uh, so this is really beautiful, and then. Um, I was also doing some photos. Um, we did photo with Tono Stano called Photosense, what con- iconic picture in the world. And then, uh, um, then Studio MGM in, uh, uh, in LA, they bought in it LA, for yeah. the movie Showgirls. So literally the movie Showgirls was based on all the advertising around the world from my photo. And the photo is iconic picture since now. No? It's called Photosense. And, uh, and I did other work and a lot, and, um, but things changed in me. And I also was thinking um, this time, like, you know, like I was successful and I was in the top of everything. And I was even thinking, sometimes I have this stupid stuff that I feel I'm more than the other people. And, you know, but like, I, you know, and then, and then the life really showed me that it's so, not so, like that. So, obviously... That that recognition and that, that yeah, and, and it's it's quite common, I think, for just everybody, but certainly people who, who become in the film industry and that you know you 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 become egoic, you know, yeah. your, your ego becomes yeah. overinflated. Yeah, I was stupid, but I I really think that this time, and uh, my dad before I just talk about him a lot because he mean everything for me and. Um, he was telling me, you go to these comedians now. You don't go study university because I was also working in the laboratory to do different analysis. When he was in university, I was also working already in atom spectrometers and do different experiences on the dry cherries and looking for the heavy metals. 
And then I go to the modeling and to the acting and, you know, for him was completely like not really important thing. And he said, yeah, the communists there, no, the, 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 not communists, but the people who doesn't really study, you go yeah. with them. But then when I was in the magazines and newspapers... So did, did he didn't really approve of that? lifestyle or he didn't he didn't agree with that right absolutely okay. not and was that hard for you very hard because i didn't know i came from the city prostyov it was like little fashion city in czech republic seventy-five thousand yeah. people and i was always going to prague and i didn't know i just i remember like today i sit in the train and i said i need to go i don't even know why i just have to go and um and then uh, when I was famous in Czech and I was in newspapers and magazine and TV and this, so then I remember he was always carrying the newspaper and magazine. I was so proud, you know, so, so I was, prove yeah, it yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that this is my way of life. And, you know, Stevie, I tell you one thing. I come to Prague and I was um, in some competition there and I, I was chosen to winning. And then I was... Uh, going to this agency i start in one agency in prague and i come to prague and i was sitting there in the bank uh, close to the vaclavske namnesti it's called one of the main street in prague i was sitting there and i look at the horse on, on the statue there on the top and i was thinking i'm here on my own completely i know anybody but i promising in one year will know me all country Really, I promise to myself, yeah. and I make it. <laughs> that's 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 quite an image, isn't it? It's quite yeah. an image for me to visualise of, yeah. of you. It was as, a very big vision. As wish. a young girl going through that that trauma from your early childhood, and then finding some, you know, some something that you think, yeah, I'm really going to go and do this, and, yeah. you know, and, and then. But and I was alone. It. There was yeah. nobody to help. I was completely yeah. on my own, you know. And you are very young, and you just. You just have believed. Yeah, yeah, I've, got, I've got that mental image of you sitting there looking at that statue yeah. and yeah, powerful. Yeah. It's like a film kind of Incredible. film set sort of image. Incredible. Yeah. But it's happened, no? And yeah. was extremely beautiful. So you're obviously incredibly resilient in life. And and and, and, and as you say, you're kind of, you know, that, that journey into fame and fortune, I imagine, is is was was... Yeah, an incredible journey. Uh, and, and you mentioned about you got, you got very kind of egoic and, and you kind of was looking at people differently. Yeah, did, I, when I did was, you... I was not really looking at them differently. I was just thinking about myself differently. Okay, what was, sorry, yeah. What was stupid, yeah? I always respect people and be very kind to everybody. Like I think everybody know who knows me, they know. And I, I love people generally. I just love people. And uh, but yeah, I was just think the thing in the head was wrong to me. No, yeah. not to treat other people, but about what I was thinking about myself. And then what the universe give me, or the nature, or the gods. They give me really big lesson in life. I start to be very heavy bulimic. I literally, from the little weight, what I have, I jump on nearly 80 kilo. And uh, the food is one. I never take drugs in my life. I never. I, I don't even smoke nothing. But 
the food was one of my biggest addictions this time what's happened you literally can't stop you to think you just think about the food and you you only have to eat and eat and eat and eat and what eat. what triggered that was it was it the success or was it do you know what triggered that or was it just something that there was the waiting there to just catch light what happened there there was a few things what triggered this, what I can say. It was, the first, it was, <laughs> I have still ability from the sexual abuse. Yeah. Because this is the trigger now. I'm also Gemini. This is also two things. When you really know who you are and you are in the middle, many times these people to have difficulty to handle this because you are literally two in one. And obviously the love, this portion and this, then I was now so successful and everything was completely different at home because I have literally my dad still suffering with this big depressions, what was still in me. And every time I have time, I would just jump in the car and driving because this time I have car, I was driving back to my city, what was like three hours. So it was lots of stress, plus the stress with the modeling. Yeah. So all the things together triggered this, no? And the underweight, and then this. So there was many things what triggered this very big attack so of it, the it food. So it became like you was trying a, a coping mechanism of trying to control things or... Yes, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Because when, you, when you're when eating, you're literally filling up the place what it's empty and it's everything to base on emotional eating, yeah? And, but at this time, I didn't understand even what is happening with me. I didn't even know that it's bulimia because this time nobody speak about this and we don't know. And it was very, very difficult, um, difficult to understanding. And I was even going, I want to kill myself also because I was, I was known. And then from this beautiful girl was the fat person there who cannot wear any clothes, who hates herself, who doesn't have money, who doesn't have work. And there, when you go on the corner, the people, how they love you, they can also hate you in one minute, you know? And uh, so because there's lots of jealousy there, and when you are like this, you feel it. And uh, so there was little, little, there was lots of things to deal with in the same time. Plus, I could not have any support because my dad has completely this illness. And my mom, she just have not the capacity to handle anything. She was just handling on her situation. And my dad there, who was ill, so she could not be there for me with any anything, you know. Did you have any management or anyone like that who, who, who should have been there to help you and, and maybe didn't? I didn't have. I was going to psychiatric clinic. They give me a big uh, lump of the hand full of tablets. I was this time sick 37 times in the day. The doctor told me that I will never survive it because the acid goes through your, you know, neck and yeah. this. So this will be very difficult. And uh, they literally, they literally didn't really help me. They just give me the tablets. And I have such a bad feelings from that. Steve. When I come at home, yeah. I put it all in the bin. I don't know how. Don't ask me. I just have the strong instinct. This is not the way I will go. Yeah. It sounds like you've, you've, you've got, well, I know you have got something very deep within you that at times in your life you've been able to just sort of kind of intuitively tap into. And, and that's, that's really, we were talking about that earlier before we, we started, we was having a coffee, and we was talking about that aligning to our intuition and, 
and 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 you know to do that it's like we have to let go of a lot of stuff don't we we have to really move a lot of stuff out of the way absolutely a lot of ideas of of life out of the way but yeah it sounds like you've always had that and, mm. and, and then and in my life you know i had stuff that was I, I i ignored it in my life for a long time but I'm sure it was always there. Mm. And what's quite access. interesting what's happened because when I was, I lost it a couple of times the way that I go back to be slim again, you know. But then I have not energy and power and I knew I have to stay with the food like I am. I just have to challenge completely my life. And I knew that I have to do something what doesn't matter how big I am, if I'm slim or I'm fat, I just have to do something with my life that I can work, I can make money and I can surviving and slowly concentrate. But all come from the instinct again, no? Yeah. And I start company. Was you, was, was you kind of, you must have been really unhappy at times and, and really low at times and then... And it sounds like then you've kind of just found some level of acceptance that you just need to move on. So did you stop doing the modeling work and, and the film I, work? And I that? have to. I was yeah. fat, but really. And, uh, okay, you know. So, and so that, that just ended because uh, of but the size I wanted of you. To, yeah. I wanted to took my life because I... I was thinking there is... I don't want this anything anymore. No. And I was in the darkest place ever. And uh, this doesn't happen, thanks God, but I make the wish what the universe again listened to me and then gave me a big hit when I was 28 to prove that I can be still here. And uh, yeah, it was incredible, incredible. But I start company. I employed uh, six or seven people when I was 21 and I start to sell different things. This time was not on the market like the, uh, you know, pyjamas for these beautiful things for the children, slippers with teddy bears and uh, beautiful toys. And I literally employed six, seven people and they've been working for me and we've been doing this. Where sales. did that come from then? Where was the idea? Where did you... You know, it's very down. And this time I have uh, my boyfriend and he said to me, why you... He said, doesn't matter. He said to me, doesn't matter that it's not like that. He said, you can do anything, he told me. He said, just take the money what you have in the bank and invest that and you can do. And he was working for me this time. Right. <laughs> he was working for me this time with the other friends who I have. And yeah, literally, we make big business. And it was quite funny because I was very young. And I remember this time in Czech Republic was missing many things on the market. And, you know, it was not existing the candles for the tree, the electric one, what we have now, because this time we have the normal candles on the trees. Yeah. yeah. And so when we've been bringing these electric candles to the country, you know, that I was always thinking the people were taking my hands off because it was like literally everybody yeah, wanted electric yeah. candles for the tree. <laughs> yeah, someone was telling me the other day. Actually, we went. I went to uh, to the festival of light in the uh, cathedral the other day, and they was uh, obviously they didn't have real candles. Yeah, uh, the, the children uh, and there was one girl with candles, electric candles or, or yeah. you know false candles in her hair, and and she said, "Oh, it's a shame that the candles aren't." Real. I, said, I said, "You can't." I said, "You want it burning the place down now, you know." <laughs> But back then, obviously, yeah, yeah. all, all it, of the trees yeah. was decorated with, yeah, with was real flames and stuff like that. Because it was even normal trees. Now we don't so, have the plastic trees. <laughs> so I imagine when you introduce that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was just would, coming to the country yeah. also. Now we delivered this from Hong Kong and this was interesting, yeah. 
Brilliant. It was interesting. Again, completely different time of my life. And then I, when, because I was this, I didn't need to think about the food anymore. So I was eating literally what I want, but I don't have the pressure. Yeah. So everything starts to calm down and it's taken me like three years to take out the bulimia. So did you, did you seek any, any kind of therapy or any, anything like that with the bulimia? Did no, you? I did it on my own. So you just, just kind of worked through it mm -hmm. and, 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 and balanced yourself back to a, a reasonably healthy diet. Yeah. But obviously that gear underneath was still there. You hadn't, you of hadn't looked at that stuff at that time. Mm -hmm. Of course. So, I mean, and it's really interesting that, you know, it, it, you're, you're, even in your healing, you're, you're kind of, mm -hmm. there's still stuff underneath. And, and, mm -hmm. that, and I think that's just so valuable that, you know, we, we learn to compensate and, and, and sometimes there are really positive ways that we compensate and, 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 and other ways, you know, our compensations are just, pushing mm. stuff kind of down that we can't deal with or we're not ready or not in a place to deal with absolutely so it sounds like you know mm. you've 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 found an entrepreneurial strike yeah. that i'm sure <laughs> you know that what, i know has gone on forever but yeah you know what is incredible because i i start to love my body and myself how it was it was doesn't matter that i was skinny or or fat i just start to love myself how i was you know i all i wanted to lose the weight but it was not that I will damage myself anymore. I accept myself how the things are and I start to work on it. But I was calm and I, I love the body how it was. No? Uh, obviously, I want to prove it, but it was not the, the sick way. You yeah, know? no, it's, it, sounds, it sounds incredibly beautiful and, and, and just I'm blown away by, you know, from, from what you come from, from going there and, and, and being you know, obviously overweight and, and then the whole industry and your whole, you know, way of getting a living was saying to you, right, you're no good anymore. And then you can, you know, process that on your own without any therapy and, and, and come up with the solution that, you know, I need to accept myself and I need to love myself. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's really holding a light Thank for you. Well, I'm for a survivor. <laughs> I know you, you are a survivor, yeah, but it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, people blow up and, and, and people, I mean, I don't mean physically, I mean, like people just blow up, you know, yeah. with, with all this stuff going on underneath. It's not easy journey. It's very difficult. It's, but it's difficult, but you found like a natural alignment to, you know, yes. resources that, that most people would have to go somewhere else to find, you know, mm. they don't normally find them. They are within us, but mm. access to them is very, very difficult, especially under those circumstances. Yes. And so young as well. So young. Of course it is. But it's really helped me for my other journey in my life, no? So it was very important time in my life that even this bulimia happened to me the same time with the very big success because it was really big top and very big drop down. And to really overcome that was very, very important that I can survive other type of the journey in my life, what's happened afterwards, you know? Yeah. The self-love, really. Yeah, so so I mean that's uh, that's that's well, and where did where did you go from from that from that point? This is where we're taking a short break, but uh, don't worry, we'll be rolling straight on with the next part of the episode. And please tune in in the second part. And Alona takes us through, you know, some um, more incredible experiences in her life and what underlies that. 
she talks about being in a coma, having 18 operations, recovering from stage 4 cancer and just all different types of uh, learning lessons from life. So look forward to joining you there. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Copy Guide to Enlightenment with me, Stephen Rosen. Thanks for your time and please don't forget to share this episode with friends. Uh, press the follow button and you can connect with me at Copy Profit on social media. It's been great to have your company. Take care and I look forward to you joining us for the next enlightening conversation. Cheers.